0: Join us from experts from All Things Weird, as well as the testimonies of people with stories of radical healing who were once told that perhaps their condition was a death sentence, that they would just need to live with it, or that drugs and invasive surgery were the only answer. Let's get into agreement that if there is something natural and non-invasive that could be helpful, that it could be your first option rather than your last resort. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Weird Works Podcast. I'm Dr. Christy, your host. Today, I am bringing you a topic that is near and dear to my heart, and one that has come full circle for me. Many of you know that my personal journey with endometriosis in high school and into college is ultimately what led me to my career in natural medicine. Well, over my 20 years in practice, I have helped hundreds if not thousands of women heal, detox, and balance their hormones naturally. Currently, as I am headed into my mid-40s and facing the changes that come along with perimenopause in my own body, I'm finding that there are lots of women my own age who also need help to turn their frazzle into dazzle. This episode has something for everyone in it, so come along and listen to how to achieve hormone health at any age. Okay, welcome everybody. So tonight is our lecture on how to balance your hormones naturally. And this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. And I'll share it with you in a little minute why that might be. But we called it turn how to turn your frazzle into dazzle. And so if you are on here, what I suspect is that you are curious if your hormones are the root of some of your health concerns and things that you're currently experiencing. Maybe you have no clue what your hormones are up to or what they're doing. Uh, Your body's starting to change, which could could mean a lot of things. So I'm coming up on my 45th birthday. And while all things seem normal, I feel like I would be remiss and, you know, kind of completely fooling myself if I wasn't to think that my body was making some changes. So maybe you guys in the chat can tell me if you're like, yeah, maybe, maybe. Or um, maybe you're suspicious about the, hor- the safety of hormone replacement therapy. This is a uh, conversation that we have often in the office with women. Um, and then if you're experiencing any of the following, and there's a lot of these, so I think it goes on to the next slide. But if you are having an energy disruption, if you aren't sleeping as well as you could, either trouble falling asleep, staying asleep, um, or just interruption, if you feel a little more irritable, less able to handle stress or function under pressure than you previously were. Um, for the women who are on here that are in their menstrual years, if you're having irregular periods or PMS, Heavy bleeding, pain, et cetera. Uh, If you have struggled with infertility, their inability to get pregnant or miscarriages. uh, Maybe you are seeing acne. Anybody have okay, I know I'm calling people out, but I'm just asking you to be real tonight, because like we're all on here kind of fully disclosing, like, yeah, hormones, they're a thing. Acne. Women hate it when their acne return. I hear that every single week. They're like, what am I, a teenager? Like, I've been having acne since I was 13. Like, why is a 50-year-old woman having acne? So that could be a thing that's really unpleasant and frustrating. Um, If you have, okay, here's another one. I always crack up because I'm like, women are hilarious, right? They'll be like, not sleeping, yelling at their kids, totally sleep deprived, brain fog, whatever. But if they're either like, But then finally, if their hair starts falling off or they start getting hair growth in undesirable areas of their body, they finally will come in. That's like a big motivator. So that might be a reason why you're joining us. And like I said, there's more reasons. Or if you are unable to lose weight or gain weight, it could be the opposite too for some people. Um, Low libido or increased libido could be just a change. If you have known thyroid issues, we talked about stress, but we talked about it multiple times because I think people are in stress denial or they think it's normal, in air quotes. Um, if you're just starting to find signs of aging, chronic joint pains, um, or dry dryness. So as estrogen decreases, things dry out like hair, skin, nails, and yes, down there too. We had a whole libido lecture for Valentine's Day last month. What was this month? So here's my thing. Today, what I'm going to share with you is what's possible if you get rid of the barriers that are preventing your body from expressing health the way it was ultimately designed to, right? Your body was designed for ultimate health and vitality. And when things start to break down, there's a reason. And that's what I want to get through to everyone is that it's not just like, throw it up into the air and take your chances and take what comes or you know blame it on your genetics or whatever other thing you might have heard come out of your own mouth or out of other people's mouths. It's like if you get the bad stuff out, there's things that are there that aren't supposed to be. Get the bad stuff out and then replenish deficiencies, replace imbalances and put the good stuff back in. The cool thing is your body is so intelligent that it was designed for healing. It will heal. And what's cool is that what we know is when we do this with patients time and time again, it's like, yes, everybody wants to look better, feel better, but it's bigger than that, right? Like you can participate fully in your family, in your churches, in your community, and do whatever your, you know, inborn talents and passions put you on this planet for in the first place. And so we've got some cool testimonials to share with you just about that in a minute. So I've coined myself your stress expert. You can take that one of two ways. I'm either really good at stressing, well, three ways, I think. I'm really good at stressing out. I'm good at stressing others out. Or I'm a self, self-diagnosed stress expert because I fixed myself and now I can help you fix yourself too and hopefully before it gets to the point where it got with me. So as far as what I do on a daily basis, I am a chiropractor, but that's really not the majority of what we do on a daily basis. Um, more of the fun stuff is the kinesiology, the muscle testing, the nutrition response testing. And then the latest that we've added into the practice is functional medicine. So it's all just about getting to the root cause and not treating symptoms and ability to like individualize and customize our programs to the person that we're that's in front of us that we're dealing with which is so fun. So people get better and stay better and it's more sustainable that way. I am from upstate New York. I practiced there for 12 and a half years and I just had my nine year anniversary here in Florida. So I'm almost even, like it's almost the same amount of time that I've practiced in Florida and New York. Um, but we've had thousands of patients. It's so fun. Uh, I've been a writer, public speaker. I have a fun podcast called Weird Works that you can look up we're on YouTube, we consult with other practitioners, all sorts of really fun stuff. But what you really care about is that I've been in your shoes, like I was you at one point, my body was failing me, I didn't know what in the world was going on. And I kind of got to that point where like, I didn't love the options that were put being put out there for me. And I had to start advocating for myself and find out what in the world was actually going on. And when I did that, I actually stopped pursuing a career in traditional medicine and fell in love with the philosophy of chiropractic instead. And so that's, it's kind of funny because the hormone thing has gotten me full, full spectrum. So, Long story short, I'll save this for our one-on-ones if we consult together after tonight, but I had endometriosis in middle school, high school, and then leading into undergrad. And the doctors had no clue. I got bounced around from specialist to specialist. I had ultrasounds and blood tests and all sorts of different scans. They even like did some crazy tests on my kidneys at one point, just trying to find where the pain was coming from and everything was normal or inconclusive. And I got to the point where I figured out that it was cyclical, like there was a pattern to my pain. And so ultimately that led us to the OBGYN. But even once I got to the right specialist in the right body area, it still took years to find out what we were dealing with because endometriosis wasn't really well known about back then. And even now, it's more well known. But what I found is that the field really hasn't grown that much, like as far as what is offered and what we know to do about it. It's still surgeries, hormone blockers, painkillers, that kind of thing. I actually just spoke with a woman today who just had surgery, and was like post op recovering from her surgery. And I asked her, okay, well, what's next? She had no idea. So it's like, okay, we need to talk. So then full circle, I've been helping women my whole, you know, 20 years in practice with natural hormone replacement, or not hormone replacement, but getting your body's ability to function and manufacture and balance hormones the way it was made to without hormones and replacement therapy and all the things that were done to me. So now I'm coming up on my 45th birthday. And facing, like, eventually, of course, perimenopause and menopause is in the future and how to handle that as healthily as possible and go into that with as much, you know, knowledge as I can. And I'm just like, okay, this is kind of interesting that my career has come full circle. So my mission now is to help other women, no matter what phase of hormone health they're in, right, like whether you're a teenager whether you are in your reproductive years and dealing with fertility and just trying to have the healthiest pregnancy and preconception planning, whether you are, you know, uh, postnatal, whether you are just normal perimenopause, which I hate saying this because it doesn't sound very hopeful, but you could be in perimenopause for somewhere between 12 to 15 years. Because it's the transition. So that's why I said, like, coming up on my 45th birthday, even though everything seems normal, I would be remiss to think that my body isn't starting to make changes. And then leading up to menopause and postmenopausal. So no matter where you are in your hormonal years, you can have the proper hormonal health. And so that's what my passion is, is teaching women how to be as healthy as possible in the correct phase. So we like to share testimonials. I mean, my testimonials, I don't have endometriosis anymore and people think that it's something that they're told they have to live with forever, but it's more than that. Like um, Erin says that she no longer struggles with that midday drowsy feeling that would attack every day around 2 p.m. So in the chat, anybody have that midday energy slump? It's a thing. It's usually between one and three. So Erin fit right into that time frame. And so now that she doesn't have the energy slump, she reports that she's able to focus and do the work that God created her to do. And she has more mental and emotional energy for her friends and family. So it kind of pays it forward, right? Like if you're frazzled and not dazzled, it's going to affect your circle of friends, your community, your coworkers. somebody might be having to pick up the slack for you. And luckily, like hopefully y'all are around people that extend grace, but it's not fun. And then Susan, she was super fun. She said that it was really timely, but um, she was facing postmenopausal symptoms of dryness and um, vaginal thinning. And her doctor just was like all about the hormone replacement therapy. And she wasn't super happy about all that. And she had heard that we were offering these new saliva-based hormone tests and that um, she did the test. And the cool thing is that like, life-giving for relationships, just comfort level on a daily basis. You can see she's really active and hikes and everything. That all those symptoms are gone. It's made a huge difference and she didn't have to accept that the doctors just told her that an artificial replacement therapy was the be-all end-all. So she said that she was excited because few women find the right answers or are even like willing to talk about it, right? Sometimes this is a little bit like Okay, hush, hush, I don't want to like even ask to advocate for myself or ask my professional. And a lot of of professionals in the OBGYN arena are still males. So hopefully you have a comfortable, good relationship with your doctors too. Okay, let's moving on. So I'm going to start by kind of defining hormones and explaining to you guys what they do. And I think by <laughs> defining them and explaining it, it'll you guys will understand why they can make you feel so awry, so from zero to 60, so quick. So all that it means, what a hormone is, it's a chemical messenger, um, and they're released directly into the bloodstream from your glands or your endocrine system, and they control most of the major body systems. And the other cool thing is that they're very fast acting and sometimes like almost instantaneous. So I'm asking you guys to out yourself again. How many people have ever had a hot flash or a mood swing? And if you have, did it come on like gradually and give you warning to be able to like get up from the table slowly and remove yourself and do something about it? Let's see. No, right? They're usually like, holy cow, I didn't see this coming. And it's like zero to 60. And now my body's taking over. So that's because they're so fast acting like you can't see it coming. You can't do anything about it. So then the glands that are involved. So I think everybody thinks hormones and they think like testosterone, men, estrogen, women. And then that's it. That's, oops, I'm going to go back. That's not the whole story go back. So these are all the areas in the body that secrete hormones. So your hypothalamus and pituitary are glands that are in your brain. So they're in the central nervous system and they then control your pineal gland, which is your sleep-wake cycle. They control your thyroid, They control your adrenals and your ovaries or testes if you're a man, but they also control your thymus, which is your immune system, your pancreas, which is your blood sugar, and a lot of your digestive organs as well. And then there's other organs in the nervous system that have um, specialized chemical messengers that are responsible for mood and um, planning and thought processes. So they literally control everything. So this is a cool chart. It's called Herois chart. And I'm not trying to turn you guys into like biochemists or biologists or anything. But when you see all these lines and everything, basically it just means like we are very complicated. You, and what you can take from this is that you can't affect the health of one of your endocrine organs or one of your glands Without affecting one of the others, because you can draw a line from almost one of these to another, either directly or indirectly. So it's very interconnected system. The health of one area absolutely relies on the health of every other area. But this next, the next slide really, I think, paints the picture. It's kind of like that, right? It's as unpredictable as a hurricane a hurricane forecaster. And I can appreciate this way more now that I've moved to Florida from when I lived in New York. So anybody's hormones feel like that? And I love that this hormone forecast has a heart over here somewhere north of Puerto Rico. Right? <laughs> yep, yeah, we've all been there. Okay, and now here's a cool chart that just shows you all the things that hormones regulate in the body, and there's probably more, but these are the main ones. So your hormones are responsible for your hunger and appetite. They obviously, reproduction, I think everybody knows that. They're also responsible for bones, muscle, and fat. So a lot of that is like your metabolism, body composition, Um, how many people are told that they have osteoporosis or osteopenia, and then that's a whole nother um, misconception from the medical world that everybody needs at some point to go on these really crazy medications for bone density. Again, hormones regulate it. So all I'm telling you is if if there was a way, which there is to balance your hormones normally, naturally, these things can also get balanced naturally. Hormones are responsible for your sleep and wake cycle through your adrenal, so adrenaline and cortisol. We'll talk a lot about that in a little bit. Uh, metabolism and weight management. So that's a, I feel like that's not always like the main indicator of why people come to us, but it's always kind of at least like a sub, sub goal. Like everybody would like to like look better, feel better, lose a little bit of weight. Um, It's just something as we age, it becomes more difficult. Our metabolism gets more complicated and losing or maintaining weight It is a little more difficult, but there are ways to trick your metabolism. What used to work will no longer work because your body isn't the same as it used to be. Regardless of what age you are, like that's the truth. Stress. So I love calling people out on stress. If you all tell me you don't have stress, I'm going to call you a liar or I'm going to make you teach my next stress lecture. So stress is real, even though sometimes I think, People think it's inevitable or there's not a lot to do about it. What the research shows is that that's the number one thing that we have control over, believe it or not, that there's things scientifically proven that we can do something to help our body adapt better to stress, like exercise and breathing activities. Yeah, you're right, Anne. The stress is real. It is real, and we shouldn't ignore it. Oop, I keep going backwards. Sorry. Coming back uh emotions and mood so um how many people you guys don't have to tell me this but I can tell you like one of the main reasons why people come into the office is for digestive health like bloating constipation diarrhea lack of appetite increased appetite definitely digestive related upsets um but your gut is your second brain like it's been scientifically proven that we produce more neurotransmitters which are chemical messengers or hormones related to mood in the gut than we actually produce in the brain. So when people have long-term gut issues, it's going to affect our emotional and mental well-being, which is such a big topic right now. Um, Our immune system is regulated by hormones, hair, skin, and nails, growth and development. So kiddos, like how they get their start is by hormones that kickstart how to tell their bones to grow and get taller and how to develop stronger muscles so they can start learning to crawl and scoot and walk and talk and everything like that. Temperature regulation. So you don't have to be full blown hot flashing for this. Some people are really cold all the time. Like when I lived in New York, I was so cold The inside of my mouth would be cold, like literally, I could feel how cold my tongue and cheeks and everything inside were. That would be so cold, I was tight. But when I moved down here, I found a practitioner who discovered that I had a weakened thyroid. I'd never, I'm like adrenal for life, and everybody understands why, because I'm just a type A go getter kind of person that never stops. But I never, ever, ever got treated for thyroid until I moved to Florida. And when I did, my hands got warm for the first time. My husband was like, your hands have never been warm the whole time I've ever known you. So temperature regulation, whether you're sensitive to hot or cold, that's hormones. And then we talked about hunger. I don't know why hunger's on there twice. I guess because if you're hungry, you really care. Americans spend $33 billion every single year on diets and weight loss products. And yet diets have a 95% failure rate. These statistics and my 18 plus years experience as a practicing doctor show me the real dangers of a cookie cutter approach to health and that truthfully, diets don't work. This is why I created the 9010 Lifestyle for the people like you and me, busy and not willing to settle for less when it comes to our health and wellness. This program isn't just about feeling fantastic and or losing weight for good. It's a roadmap to upgrading your body and mind from the inside out, while simultaneously suppressing the inflammation and suppressing the guilt that often comes with a high stress, high expectations, and high performance. The number one reason the 9010 lifestyle is so effective and easy to maintain is that it gives you back your willpower instead of forcing it. Okay. So now let's talk about hormone imbalances. So we learned about what hormones are and what they do. So hormone imbalances, how do you know if you are somebody who should be listening to this? Well, you're already smart because you're all on here already. But if you aren't listening to this, the reason why you should is if you have an increase or decrease in appetite, if any kind of menstrual irregularities, whether it's a heavy period it's just not coming every, you know, 20 to 32 days. It could be more frequent. It could be less frequent. Um, there could be pain or PMS with the periods. If you're dealing with infertility and or have had one or multiple miscarriages, migraines, anxiety or depression, insomnia, inability to lose or gain weight, osteopenia or osteoporosis, I said intolerance to hot or cold. Heart palpitations. So some of these, I don't think people, let me know if you're surprised by any of these in the chat. I'd like to, I'd like to know if any of these are like, oh, I had no idea they were related to hormones. If you have restlessness, including like restless sleep, that's a big thing that really isn't very well treated or resolved by traditional medicine. Weakened immune system, meaning you catch every little thing that goes around or when you do get sick, it sticks with you longer and it's not easy to just, like, get rid of it. It lingers. Um, Fatigue or that midday drop. Low or increased libido. Dry hair, skin, and nails. Developmental delays in kids. Um, So either hair loss or hair growth. Isn't that not so fun? Like... It stops growing in the places you want it and starts showing up in places you don't want it. Not fair, right? Brain fog, loss of concentration, um, irritability or inability to cope or inability to relax. So those are your very common signs of hormone imbalance. So let me know if those, anything sounds surprising. So I wanna talk about hormone testing. It's great for you to be able to kind of know by how you're feeling. I want you always, always, always to develop an inner sense of knowing what's going on with your body. People who have the best outcomes are able to read their body like they're very in tune to their body. But when we're not, or we're in doubt, or we need more data, there's really cool testing that I wanna go over. So these are the three main ways to test hormones and hormone levels and hormone balances. The traditional is blood. So how many people have had their hormones tested by blood? I'd like to hear it in the chat, like even just raise your hand. Blood tests for hormones, Um, saliva testing and dried urine. And then let me know if anybody has had any of these advanced tests, I'd love to know that too. So let's talk about the different ones so yeah blood tests can be is the most common that's what most people have ever had that's what most doctors utilize that's what they're most familiar or comfortable with that's the most recognizable it's also what's the most um like paid for by insurance so blood tests when you get your blood tested it's just going to show what was that what your levels were at that moment in time. It's a very like instantaneous thing. Also, when you get your hormones tested, those are your hormones that are bound in, t- in blood. So they're bound, meaning more like stored and packaged or processed away. That's not the free active amount that's circulating around in the tissues. And so that's important because sometimes the excesses and the imbalances and the hormones that cause the undesirable symptoms are the free floating ones that are in excess that are in the tissues. So that's not what blood tests. The other thing that is, when you get your blood tested, it just gives you one estrogen value. And you actually have three different forms of estrogen. And we're going to go over that in a minute when we talk about the other systems. And some are weak estrogens, weak meaning they're safe. Some are very strong estrogens, meaning they're responsible for a lot of the estrogen dominant or like unpleasant symptoms that estrogen has become known for. And other ones are like middle of the road that have like pros and cons. So if your blood doesn't really tell you the E1, E2, and E3, just clumps them all together and gives you one value. And then, of course, like you have to go to the lab and get a blood draw in order to get it done, to get the test started and sent in for review. The second form of tests are saliva tests. And so these are just uh, like usually a tissue, like a swab you can there's two forms. One you just spit into tubes and the other one you kind of like suck on a cotton swab and then put it in a tube and send it in. It's kind of easy to do. It's kind of funny when you do it, you might realize that you don't really create as much saliva as you thought you did. You think it's a lot easier to fill that little tube up than you did, but it's not unpleasant, it's easy to do. It's something that's done at home and then you, you usually just ship the kit out to the company and the doctor that orders it, whether it's me or somebody else gets the results, maybe in like a week to 10 days. But the cool thing with test is like you can collect multiple samples. Um, sometimes we'll do an entire month's worth of sampling if it's somebody who's having more menstrual cycle and fertility issues. And then other times we'll at least do a 24-hour cycle um, or collection so we can see more of the big picture, not just like one moment in time. Um, What I like about some of the results that come back is it does provide us with age-dependent values. So it's not just everybody is low, normal, or high. There's appropriate values, whether you're young and in your reproductive years, your perimenopausal or your postmenopausal. So those are taken into consideration. And then I told you the differentiation between E1, 2, and 3 are your different estrogens. And if you're a needle phobic (laughs) and just don't really love going and getting poked and prodded, there's no needle. You just spit into the tubes. The third form of testing is a urine test. And so These show you the metabolites. So when you do the urine test, again, it's something that you do at home. They're usually like little felt strips that you urinate on and then you dry the sample and then you ship it off to the lab. Um, They send the results to the practitioner as well. A lot of times these tests you'll do A lot of times they're combined, you'll do a saliva and a urine at the same time because you get different details about that one whole day or one whole month of collection. So these tell you the metabolites, which is how your body is breaking down the hormones. This is nice because it's not just about what your levels are, but it tells us what the body is doing with those hormones, how it's breaking it down. Again, this is important because If they stick around in the body and accumulate in the tissues, that's when you get all the hormone imbalance, undesirable symptoms. If your body is able to fully metabolize, break them down and excrete or get rid of them, that's a safer, more preferred pathway. This is important because if it goes down the preferred pathway and the body can fully eliminate it, that's the best outcomes. There are non-preferred pathways that lead to DNA damage, and those are the pro-cancerous pathways. So without ever doing this test, you really have no idea, like just based off of your body's, um, your genetics and your lifestyle, what pathway your body naturally prefers them to go down. Now, that's one thing when it's your body's endogenous, like, organic amount of hormones. But now imagine if a woman is adding extra hormones to her system, whether it's hormone replacement therapy, even if it's bioidentical, or it's birth control pills, if the body already has a predisposition to send it down that cancer pathway, without doctors having done this test, they really don't know if they're responsibly recommending or um, prescribing these hormones. To me, that's the scariest thing because what I've witnessed in 20 years of practice is that when a woman is diagnosed with a hormone-sensitive cancer, the first thing that a doctor will do is take them off all of all their hormones, even if they're the ones that prescribed them in the first place. And so, you know, I like to scratch my head and play devil's advocate. But if that's the case, didn't it mean that maybe that person shouldn't have ever been on on it in the first place? So what I love about these urine, um, urine metabolite tests is that we can know whether someone is a safe candidate for horm- hormone replacement therapy or if they should like avoid it at all costs. So what's cool is that we don't have to just throw it out and say like, it's bad for everyone, don't do it. You You can know and be more proactive and more empowered about your decision-making. And what I love is that then you can repeat testing later on to monitor the effectiveness of the hormone replacement therapy or your supplementation or dietary and lifestyle modification. So I highly recommend it if you're already on it. Um. So quest- one of the questions that came in said, um, if you are menopausal, will you have E1, E2, and E3? So that's a really good question. So E2... Is called estradiol. Estradiol is the main hormone when you're in your reproductive years. So when you're supposed to be, you know, producing a follicle, ovulating, producing an egg that could potentially get fertilized, and then if it doesn't, having a menstrual cycle, that's estradiol, which is E2. That is the strongest form of estrogen. And so if you think about it, and if any women are our brave room to tell me if they're on hormone replacement therapy on here or not. That's not supposed to be the, the main hormone in our postmenopausal years. Your body will make some estrone and then some estradiol, which are more of the weaker hormones. But what happens is, as the ovaries don't make estrogen anymore or estradiol, Your body will still make a little bit of estrogen, but it'll make it from your adrenal hormones. And so it's super critical in our peri and postmenopausal years to do as much as we possibly can for adrenal health because the adrenals will naturally get aromatized and turned into estrogens as we age. So that's how you can have healthy hormones healthy estrogen levels for what's appropriate for your age without pumping your body full of estradiol which you should have in your 20s and 30s somebody said they were on prem pro for two years and he came off of it two months ago okay good i mean i'm always glad when people come off of it but but if anybody's on here and they're like i don't if you're curious if it just all what it doesn't have to be all or nothing it doesn't have to be on it or not on it And if you wanna help know if your body has metabolized that out or gotten rid of it, the Dutch test can also tell you if it's still in your body, if it's still having an effect on you, if your body's still going down these non-preferred pathways. So there's still value in doing this to know, great, you discontinued it, but sometimes there's still an effect. Like I know, for example, with my health history, when I was going through all those therapies for endometriosis for years and years and years. I mean, they literally like, one year I came home from came home for Christmas break, and I was so bloated and swollen and like the heaviest I'd ever been. They talk about like, the freshman 15, I actually gained 20 pounds. And it wasn't from overeating. And it wasn't from over drinking and doing the things that like sometimes get blamed for the freshman 15. It was because before I went away from college, I was having so much dysfunction and pain that the doctors thought, hey, one birth control pill a day isn't helping, so let's double your birth control pills. So I was on two birth control pills, and they were like, and maybe you shouldn't stop to have your menstrual cycle, just take them continuously. So instead of taking the sugar pills for the one week off when you would normally menstruate, really like, just start the next pack. I was so pumped full of hormones and so bloated and swollen and having other issues, it was ridiculous. So that wasn't appropriate, but if I hadn't had this Dutch test back then, I could have seen what maybe the long-term effectiveness of that. But what I'm telling you that for is because when I made a career switch and went into chiropractic school instead of medical school, And I started learning about nutrition and herbal remedies and how to heal the body naturally and the nervous system's control of our stress chemicals and everything. I really started detoxing myself off of all those things that had been done to me. It probably took me 10 years, no joke, to fully detox all that stuff out of my body. So like, I'm glad that you shared that you've been off it for two years, good job, but like you still could be tested to know the effectiveness of how much of that is still like just sticking around in the body and causing havoc. Okay, so if we wanna go over the testing, here are some considerations for who should test for hormones or consider testing for hormone imbalances. First off, if you're having metabolic challenges, this is a big thing in the office, Um, especially if number two is also present. If you're on seemingly the exact right program, you've made dietary and lifestyle changes, you work out pretty consistently on a regular basis, um, and you still don't feel like you're getting the results for the amount of time and effort that you're willing to put into your weight loss and health program, I think a Dutch or a hormone test would be good for you. If you have any other unresolved symptoms after being on a program, whether it's um, with us, even our patients, like that's an indicator for me of when to do extra testing. If they've been on a program for a while and there's a lot of things that have gotten better, but there's a couple little like unresolved issues, I go for extra additional testing to get more data to figure out how to bust through that like ceiling of where they can't get to. Um, Any kind of reproductive health, uh, like we said earlier, if it's irregular cycles, infertility, um, past miscarriages, or changes such as going into perimenopause or starting the menopausal journey, that's a great time to test. Um, If you're considering hormone replacement therapy or you're already on it, I highly recommend the test. You have no idea if they're giving that to you responsibly and if your body's doing only good things with it and not sending it down that cancer and DNA damage pathway without this test. Um, And so then again, if you are at a risk for cancer or have had any kind of um, hormone sensitive cancers, you absolutely should do this test. So let's talk about how we get imbalanced in the first place. So we're going to go into the next category, which are things that disrupt our normal hormones. So here are some of the most common um, hormone imbalancers. Sugar. Has anybody heard me harp on sugar before? It wouldn't be a lecture if I didn't talk about sugar and I didn't talk about poop. So I had to make sure I mentioned both because our followers would be so disappointed. (laughs) and think I wasn't doing my job. Sugar definitely imbalances our hormones and is pro-inflammatory. Low-fat diets or diets where you're consuming a lot of phytoestrogens. So phytoestrogens could be soy, they could be flaxine. Those are some of the most common. Other endo- um, causes of endocrine imbalancers are toxins. So a lot of times they come in the form of our personal care and cosmetic products. It could be cleaning products that we're using um, in the home. If you have poor digestion or maladapted detox pathways, those can cause hormone imbalances. And then medications are another common cause of hormone imbalances. Most commonly they are statins. So your body actually uses cholesterol to make hormones. And then a lot of cases, we've seen this repeatedly, that people's cholesterol levels are too low because of statin medications. And then the next thing that happens is a whole slew of hormone imbalance symptoms like low libido, um, erectile dysfunction, and then dementia and brain-related cognition issues. And of course, anything like birth control pills or hormone replacement therapy because they're exogenous. Okay, so we had another question. What are your thoughts on going through fertility treatment and herbs for hormone balance? Is it safe to consume herbs while going through fertility? So that's a really good question. Um, It really depends on who, it is safe, but you have to have knowledge on both ends. So your alternative practitioner that would be giving you some of the herbal treatments and more natural things, has to know how to not interfere with the medical treatments. And the medical doctor has to be open to you also being with a natural practitioner that understands this. So it can happen. It just takes respect on both sides of things. Um, there are fertility treatments that use a lot of the holistic things as well. So that's why I know it's safe. We've worked with women with um practices that are open to it I can tell you firsthand that there is a big fertility center here in Jacksonville and the main doctor is very anti anything holistic or natural he does not honor the body's ability or intelligence to do anything without medical interventions or drugs and um I just would steer clear of anybody who has an all or nothing approach or opinion, and I'll just say that. Um, We can chat. If you want to send me a personal message after I um, can share some resources, I'd be happy to do that. I just, before I share resources, I always like to kind of know m- a little bit more about your individual story. Um. So then I can point you in the right direction and get you with the right fit. So I'm happy to do that. No problem. You're welcome. Okay. Who? Raise the hands in the chat. Have you heard of this word, xenoestrogens? Yes. Okay, good. Xenoestrogens. So this fancy, crazy word sounds a little sci-fi if you really think about it. Actually, I tried to have Canva make me an image for xenoestrogens, and they came with very sci-fi AI images. I'm like, okay, AI does not know this word, so that's kind of fun. We're still ahead of um technology, which is cool to know. So all this crazy fun word means is synthetic hormones. There's things that are synthetic or man-made. They can mimic our natural hormones, so the body their, you know, molecular structure looks like estrogen, for example, and it can bind on receptor sites on our cells that are supposed to, where estrogen is supposed to bind. So it can go in and like take the spots of the parking spaces, so to speak, where estrogen is supposed to go. And then these synthetic things mimic or block our own production or absorption or utilization of hormones. Often they do have estrogen-like effects. And they have been linked to breasted prostate, testicular cancers, infertility, endometriosis, early onset puberty, miscarriages, and diabetes. So I chose this picture, and we're going to go over what xenoestrogens are and how to avoid them in a second. But this lady's like, it looks so lovely and loving and everything to just spray yourself with a beautiful scent. But a lot of these perfumes and things we use on our skin are known xenoestrogens. So let's go over some of the common sources because I feel like when you know this, it can be empowering and you can be a smarter consumer. The first one is pesticides and incesticides. So obviously living here in Florida, <laughs> if you don't use some of these things, the bugs will just take over in your life and win out. But There are some things that are, can anybody think of maybe some incesticide and pesticide things that wouldn't be so obvious? Like if we're not just straight up talking about pesticides, like for bug control inside of the body and outside of the body, can anybody name some like maybe less common hidden sources of pesticides and incesticides? So one is dogs. So when we give our pets fully taken heartworm, especially if it's the ones that you put on the back of their neck, on their skin, we pet our pets, we kiss our pets. A lot of times they're on our furniture and they sleep in our beds. Those are considered pesticides and incesticides. Another hidden one would be, we just trust sometimes that people that come and like clean our air ducts and take care of certain things in our home and our change out our air filters are looking out for our best interests, and while that maintenance is absolutely and and like necessary. Sometimes they spray chemicals in the air ducts without our permission that can prevent or deter mold growth. So that could be a hidden sign of pesticides and incesticides. Can anybody think of another one? Another one is antibacterial soaps and hand sanitizers. So how much have we become like germaphobes in the last few years with the pandemic? Car detailing, yeah, they definitely do that. Bedding, they spray stuff that is like anti-moth, like fabrics, a lot of the fabrics that are used on new furniture, drapery, you know, so that moths won't eat holes in it when they're in the um, the factories. A lot of these things, yep, you guys are smart, good job. Another source of xenoestrogens are water bottles and plastic containers. So that's what the banner is, is plastic water bottles. But also to consider what we store our food in, so those plastic um, containers. And a lot of times like people are using Pyrex, like the glass containers, which you can get, Um, but food just comes in a lot of plastic wrappers and containers too. So it's super important to not heat or freeze foods in these plastic containers. Because when you change the temperature, that helps the um, the BPA leach into the material, whether it's the water or the food. Let's see what's coming in. Yeah, somebody asked, does BPA or non-BPA make a difference? That's a really good question. <laughs> so. They now have BPBs and other bisphenols and stuff, different forms of them, because everybody knows that BPA, like consumers have become smarter, so they know BPA is like no-no, and now they're putting these other chemicals, other, other forms of plastics, and what we're finding is that they're equally toxic So the best way to do it, I don't, I wish I had one here for you guys for an example, but if you crunch a water bottle, the crunchier and the softer it is, the worse it is, the more likely it is to leach these plastic chemicals into the water or to the food. But then some are harder. So I'm trying to think of the name of some, like Avion water bottles are a little bit better. They're harder, they're less crunchy, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? Okay, so this is a little bit of a chore, but this is something you can do over time. Cosmetics and personal care is where (laughs) I become really unpopular with the ladies. The good news is like one of the last slides is like things that we can do. So it's really just learning, becoming a smart consumer, number one. And learning how to read the labels so you can identify these chemicals um, in your stuff so you can avoid them. And then number two is coming up with the healthier substitution. So we're not saying like you can't wear makeup and you have to have bags under your eyes and not have beautiful looking lashes and all the things. It's just finding healthier swaps and little by little replacing them and changing your consumer habits. The fourth thing is food dye and preservatives. So a lot of like your red dyes and all the chemicals that you see on food labels. Now, I mean, think people think like, oh, that's not good for your digestion, or I could become like have a food sensitivity to those or chemical sensitivity. But they can actually affect your estrogens. They can literally mimic estrogens and disrupt your hormones. Um, what another one is like what we do to our air, so. I think sometimes think people think it's benign. There's all these like pretty and seasonal and colorful candles and perfumes and air fresheners and plug-ins. Those things are horrible for you. They're so, so bad. Um, Is anybody chemically sensitive in the audience? It's so funny because if you are, you know you are and you're like, oh yeah, I can't handle any of those things. When Scott and I moved to Florida, we probably looked at over a hundred houses before we bought our house. And I will tell you, like, the smells in a lot of the homes were the one, like, a big reason I would just like walk right out the front door. I'm like, I can't even be in here. It's so heavily perfumed. And then I'm like, but God, what are they like? Yeah, what are they hiding? (laughs) Right? Scented doesn't mean clean. Oh, we were asked, people were asking about grounding. Yeah, <laughs> grounding is really good, but then you're you're right, Stephanie, you have to do that on lawn that isn't treated. So if the lawn has pesticides and insecticides and stuff for growing grass, and I don't know what else they put on it. There's like, some people have three different chemical surfaces for their lawn in Florida. So you need to walk on good organic untreated grass, barefoot to get the effects of the um, ions for grounding, you're right. Okay, so the good news is there are candles made with essential oils that are natural, that are natural perfumes. You can just switch over to essential oils. There's really pretty ones that are like rose and jasmine and all sorts of natural stuff, vanilla. You can mix vanilla with all sorts of oils and it smells naturally sweet. Um, and essential oil diffusers instead of air fresheners. So like you still, if you just like scents, I like scents, I love things that smell pretty too, but you just have to find the swaps. It's not worth it, like it smells pretty, but it causes you like years of havoc to your endocrine system, it's not worth it. Another one, this became really popular. We saw like a huge resurgence of the use of paper plates During the pandemic, I think because more people were home and they were eating at home, there was less like going out to restaurants and everything. And people got real fast, real smart about (laughs) creating less work and less dishes and less cleanup. But it was crazy because we started finding dioxins. Like we test for chemical toxins on our patients on a routine basis. And we started finding all these dioxins and weird chemicals that didn't like they showed up occasionally, but not on a daily and weekly basis. And so we finally traced it back to people using more paper plates, paper towels, napkins, that kind of thing. Um, so be careful with the chlorines that bleach these products. And that includes um, female hygiene products like tampons and pads and panty liners as well. There are unbleached non-chlorine versions of these things. And then the last one, which is not last in priority, it's one of the highest things you can have control over, is non-organic meats and dairy. So if you're not, if you're using animal proteins, which I'm totally fine with, you just have to make sure they're organic because organic, under the organic label or umbrella, also then guarantees that they don't use growth hormones, which is a xenoestrogen. Okay, so without ado, without further ado, and for risk of sounding the doom and gloom, like, oh my gosh, everything's dangerous. I have to stop everything. It's not that. And it can all be everything you do is either cumulatively in your favor or cumulatively against you. And so just know that, like I always I always encourage people at this point to just pick a couple things on the list that we share today that are like the low-hanging fruit where you're like, oh, I could easily replace this and this. Like, start there, cool. And then once you replace this and this and you get in the habit of changing your consumer habits to replacing things on a regular basis, if there's one more thing on the list that you can change, okay, cool, start changing that one. Over five years, 10 years, et cetera, the cumulative effect of not exposing your body to these things is gonna be in your favor. So just do it little by little. That changes, right? Like if you are at risk or you have a bump or a lump or something suspicious or you actively have cancer or you're recovering from cancer, then you need to take this not lightly and not cumulatively. You have to have done all this yesterday. So again, the level of severity and the need for change depends on your personal situation. And we can talk about that if you need my guidance on how soon, how fast we can chat. Your health and how you feel on a daily basis directly impact your mental, emotional, and spiritual health. We will help you reprogram your way of thinking and be on a plan that works for your body instead of against it. It is time to rewrite the false belief that health abnormalities are normal and that it just is what it is. You do not have to live with feeling less than 100%. We invite you to take a serious look at how you feel on a day-to-day basis. Is what you're doing working? Do you wanna learn how to live a more holistic life that's still enjoyable and fun? The 9010 lifestyle can be the bridge from subpar results to the vibrant and abundant lifestyle that you've been looking for. So click the link by this video so you can get started today. We truly, truly know that this program can change your life. We'll see you on the inside. So let's talk about some ways that you can balance hormones naturally. So food, who guessed it? I was gonna talk about diet and nutrition, right? So there are foods that are best for hormone balance. The first one is fiber. So fiber naturally helps bind excess hormones and help you excrete them through your bowel movements. So weird, right? Because fiber also helps promote bowel movements. So if you're constipated, you're definitely reabsorbing hormones back into your body and toxins. So you need to help your body with fiber. And for women, it's um, recommended that we get at least five grams of fiber a day. So I'm not a big fan of having to count macros and put everything you eat into an app forever, but there is value in doing it for a little bit until you hit your 35 grams a day with consistency and you know what kind of foods you need to incorporate, how much vegetables and plant proteins and nuts and chia seeds, et cetera, that you need to consume to get to that 35 grams. And then you can kind of intuitively reproduce it without doing the app on a daily basis. But if you have no idea, there's value in tracking it for a little while. The second thing is healthy fats. So your body needs fats, especially women's bodies needs animal protein and animal fats to convert into healthy um, hormones. So sources of that are coconut, avocado, MCT oil, which is also great for mood and cognition. So we talked about how (laughs) hormone imbalance can cause brain fog. MC2 oil is your best friend. It also can help with constipation. Butter, but it has to be grass-fed. Wild-caught salmon, tuna, and sardines. So those are some versions. It's not all inclusive, but that's some easy ones that you could find at most stores and easily incorporate into your three meals a day. Um, another one is antioxidants. So, antioxidants fight free radical damage, which is the degenerative slow process of aging in the body and cellular death. So, you can do that with organic, dark green leafy vegetables and berries. And those are also lower glycemic index. So it's a good way to get antioxidants without spiking your blood sugar. Uh, High quality protein is so critical. So it's not impossible to have healthy hormones being a vegetarian or a vegan, but it definitely proposes challenges. Um, It can be done, but you usually need some kind of professional guidance. I'm happy to chat with you to see where you're at with that. If you need help and guidance, Um, But most of the highest quality proteins are animal sources, and if you are trying to get your proteins from vegan and vegetarian and plant-based sources, it really becomes a chemistry experiment of knowing how to properly combine different plant-based proteins to to create complete proteins, meaning that it has all of the amino acids that your body needs, So that's what's nice about animal protein is they're complete proteins. Like you don't have to worry about combining. Plant-based, you just have to know what to combine. Like you can't just have brown rice and get complete proteins or just quinoa or just a bowl of almonds. You have to know how to combine things appropriately. And then spices and herbs. So these are things that are pleasant to add in or season your food with. Or make teas. Teas sometimes is the easiest way to get these in. Cinnamon, turmeric, cayenne, cumin, ginger, and garlic. Which is cool because a lot of these are also good for your metabolism to help your body burn more calories and burn fat. They tend to be really good for your digestive system. They tend to be antibacterial and antiparasitic. So the fun thing with adding herbs and spices is it's like multifactorial. You get so many therapeutic benefits by incorporating. And what's also cool, we just all came off of the 21-day detox in January. And I always encourage people to incorporate different herbs and spices into their cooking because you get, you don't get as bored. You get more satisfaction when you eat a meal that has a full flavor spectrum. So this is a real easy way to just you could eat the same meat and vegetable three days by changing the flavor profile and not get bored with it, and then also have a lot of healing properties. So here are some ideas for healthier swaps. So if you're going to eat animal proteins and produce, make sure they're organic, they're locally grown, and eat what's in season. We talked a little bit about swapping out your plastic containers and water bottles for glass. But it's also important, I like to add here, like if you buy your water in big five-gallon plastic bottles and then you just siphon them into your, you know, glass or aluminum containers, the damage could have already been done before you got it into whatever drinking vessel you were going to take it out of. Because you have no control over what happened in the warehouse or on the delivery truck or where that water just, you know, delivery um, warehouse came from. So you have to kind of know that. We get our water delivered in five gallon glass bottles. And a lot of areas you can do the same. Mountain Valley Spring water, a lot of water distributors will deliver in glass. So just something to consider. Um, And then when we're talking about water it's one thing like how you're consuming your water, but we also absorb toxins from our water from showering and bathing. So you'll do yourself a whole world of good by just getting a good high quality filter, which you can buy at Lowe's and Home Depot easily for your shower heads. So that you're not absorbing that right when the when you're under hot water, your pores open up and you absorb that water that you're um, bathing under and everything that's in it. So just get a simple um, shower head filter and change it out regularly. Uh, you can swap your household cleaners and laundry detergent. A lot of the natural ones say they're enzyme based. A lot of people make their own vinegar and baking soda based cleaners for, you know, multi-purpose cleaners on the surfaces, uh, essential oil-based cleaners. We can make some recommendations if you need help. We talked about using essential oils instead of actually like cosmetic perfumes. Unbleached paper towels, napkins, paper towels, toilet paper and tampons. For the beauty products, um, I can give you a link for the company that we use that we really, really like. There's a lot more, which is really good news. It used to be really hard and you used to feel like you had to compromise the quality of your cosmetics and beauty products for the safety of them. But now there's like very, like there's so many that are available that are good quality. Like um, we like Arbonne, there's Beauty Counter, There's a bunch like Thrive Cosmetics is online, Mineral Fusions, but the big thing is that they're paraben and chemical-free, and a lot of them are made with European standards. You'd be shocked to see how many hundreds of chemicals are banned in Europe that are still allowed to be in our products in America. It's kind of actually like you'll kind of get a little upset when you see it. And then your air quality at home is super important, what you breathe in on a regular basis. And there's some really good high quality air filters. Um, And if you think that you're exposed to mold or have had water damage, we have some really good mold remediator people, um, mold inspectors and remediator that we could recommend who actually are aware of mold illness, disease, they're not just going to like poo-poo it and be like, oh, I don't see anything. You're good. They'll do a thorough investigation and get you good and make sure that it's fully eradicated from the home and it's not going to grow back in a matter of months. So if you need resources, just reach out for us. This is a great resource if you want a screenshot. Um, EWG stands for Environmental Workers Group. They also have an app called the Healthy Living app. And you'll see the same little E logo on there, that's how you know you're on the right one. Um, you can do barcodes and scan your beauty products, your foods, your cleaning products, and it'll actually rate them like green light, yellow light, red light and tell you if they're safe. And if they're rated not safe, it'll tell you why, whether it's an endocrine disruptor, a known carcinogen, uh, a neurotoxin, a known allergen, or something like that. And then by doing that on a regular basis, you'll learn how to um, properly assess your other products. So That's a great resource. Especially if you want to spend hours and hours in the grocery store <laughs> scanning everything. But you can do it at home. Like there's a code lookup too. So, after everything I shared, who wants to get their hormones tested? Is there anybody on here that's curious and is like, I wonder if I need to have this looked at? Somebody asked if the scanning will work if you're not in the US. Um, I don't know, but there are a number of apps. I know, I can't think of it off. There's like Carrot, Blue Carrot or something. There's a couple that'll do it and hopefully they're um, international, but I don't know for sure. But if you're not in the US, I know, <laughs> I can tell you that you're, typically your products are a lot more regulated than what we have here, sadly yucca yeah thank you kathy yucca i'll put it i think everybody can see yeah you put it to everybody yucca is the other app so it's worth trying and see if you can get in there okay so a couple of people are saying they're interested in doing the hormone testing so i'm going to give you a little bit of information if it's something that you want to do i always promise like a little discount for people that joined us and went through the whole class with us and took time out of their busy lives It's kind of fun because we've been doing this long enough that I could tell you what people report when they get the testing. Nobody who's invested in the testing, I feel like so far, has been disappointed at the amount of data that they get back. Everybody's happy to have more knowledge because when they have more knowledge, they have more empowerment over their situation instead of just sitting back and waiting for things to happen or not happen, which is not a good place to be at, especially if you have people relatives that have gone through hormonal issues and surgeries and hysterectomies and maybe even cancer like it's just not fun to be in a not knowing place and wondering and letting it run its due diligence in the back of your head um what people have reported that have had the testing is that it gives them confidence you know to know that the things they're doing are working to be able to monitor and get feedback you know it's just it's it's helpful to know you're on the right track sometimes and that what you're doing is targeted, like it's specific to you. There's a tons of diet books out there. There's a tons of you know, hormone balancing books out there. There's a tons of eat right for your blood type and um, how to avoid cancer, but everybody's body is totally different. And so I think people love the confidence and knowledge that they get from a targeted individualized plan. Because there's also so much noise out there, like you could literally drive yourself crazy, googling all these things. And then what you're reading is you don't really know if it pertains to you because it's just kind of a catch all like generalized recommendation. So at least when you get your results, your plan is targeted to like what's actually going on with your body. So here's a couple of the tests we put Peter on there so cute and concerned because Peter wants you to have hormone health too. If you don't know, Peter's my dog. He comes to the practice with us every day. He's a he's a he's really the office manager. <laughs> um, so here's a couple of the panels. If you are a cycling female and you're concerned about fertility or actual menstrual regulation, we probably should do the full 30 day panel and get the whole picture of what's going on in the first phase of your cycle and the second phase of your cycle. If your body is actually ovulating and if it's ovulating at the right time and if everything's kind of evened out the way it should be, that's the cycling female panel. Um, for perimenopause, if you're noticing your body, I say it in air quotes, is starting to have some changes and you have no idea what's going on. Um, sometimes women are getting their cycle irregularly, less frequently, sometimes more frequently. Sometimes it's heavy, sometimes it's light. Sometimes they spot and they don't really know if that counted as a period or not. That would be more in the perimenopausal range. I don't feel like there's a need in that phase to do the entire thirty-day cycle, so we would do five saliva and um saliva and urine tests instead of eleven, so that is a little bit less. There's a menopause panel, so if you are the one who is considering hormone replacement therapy because of some of the symptoms we discussed, if you've already been on hormone replacement therapy and got off of it because you didn't think it was helping anymore, or if you're still on it, I think we should do this to make sure your body's processing the hormones and not sending it down that cancer DNA damage pathway. Um, But another thing with menopausal women is, I think sometimes the way that medical doctors get their grasp on you to, to encourage you to do hormone replacement therapy is that, you know, risk of osteoporosis, heart disease, diabetes. So they're like, oh, if you don't do hormone replacement therapy and, you know, without estrogen, you're going to have all these things. And so if that's something somebody's told you, I'd like to have a discussion with you, or at least get this test ordered for you and then talk about the results because that does not have to be your be-all end-all destiny. And then males can do this also. So, for men, they really just say you have low T or you don't have low T, and if you have low T, they give you testosterone replacement therapy. There's really nothing else that they can do, um, but a lot of women report like either the men take themselves off of hormone replacement therapy or the women really don't. The women complain about the men having like adverse symptoms like irritability and anger um, because of the testosterone replacement therapy. So, there again, the metabolites is your body could send testosterone just like it could send estrogen down a preferred and a non preferred pathway. And the more androgenic pathway is all the irritability, acne, sweating, insomnia, restlessness. So like, great, your testosterone is up and you have libido, but you have all these other undesirable effects that aren't pleasant. So for males, if that describes anything, if you're on here listening, or for the women who have a male counterpoint that is also at that point of considering hormone replacement therapy, you can also do the test for them. Men have estrogen, women have testosterone, so a lot of these tests can be done on either or. So the way these work is you get the kit, either we ship it to you or you pick it up at the office. You get all the instructions in there. Usually we just say, read everything that comes in the kit. They do an amazing job of explaining what to do, but if you have questions, you can contact me or Claire, the patient advocate at our office. Um, if and just make sure you feel confident before you do the collection, just to make sure you don't have to repeat it and do it again. Um, Once you collect everything, it comes with its own kit and shipping label. You just package everything right back into the kit that you got it with. You send it back off to the company. They usually send us the results within, usually it's a week to two weeks, depending on how many results they've received. I get the results back to me, and I analyze it and mark it all up, and then I call you to go over it. So if you're local to JAX, I'll have you come to the office because we can muscle test you for any potential solutions. If you're not local to JAX, we can set up a virtual appointment to go over the results and make suggestions on what to do thereafter. And then usually I like to follow up with you after you start a protocol on some level just to I don't like to say, like, do this, don't eat that, take these supplements, or use these topicals. God bless. We hope it all works out. So we'll organize some kind of time to check back with you on a periodic basis and make sure you're doing well. And then at some point, a retest might be warranted. Oftentimes, the retest doesn't have to be the whole entire thing. Um, Oftentimes, the retest would be more dependent on what was irregular in the first place. So... Somebody was asking, I'm not sure if I need the menopausal one. I'm not thinking about hormone replacement, or should I? Um, The menopausal one will tell us what your options are. So I don't love hormone replacement as the first resort. Usually to us, hormone replacement is the last resort. So if I can get your body balanced, get some of those things, like we talked about toxins, environmental factors, help your body get rid of the things that are in your system that are causing endocrine disruption, dietary sources, that kind of thing, and then give you a targeted nutrition or herbal or supplemental program. Oftentimes, that's all it takes. Oftentimes, the hormone replacement therapy isn't necessary once we do the right thing. If the body still needs hormone replacement therapy, this result of this test will tell us that. But there's also more low-grade and more homeopathic or topical remedies that can be used that are more natural and safer than some of the traditional bioidentical therapies. So instead of saying whether it's good or bad, it's really based on the results of the test. So I still would just say, if you're interested and curious, let's start with the test, and the test will dictate what's the proper Um, remedy or treatment to consider good questions I'm gonna pop this screen up for a minute this is just if you have more questions or you want more info or you want to follow us we're always posting just all sorts of health related topics and healthy living topics and healthy diet topics we're on social media on the regular Our website has all the links. Our handles are Dr. Christy Harvell and Health by Design FL. That's our office um, phone number and our info email. So happy to consult with you and help on whatever level we can. You guys were an awesome audience. I appreciate you. I appreciate you spending time with us on a Thursday night. It's always super fun to share knowledge with people that value it i know you guys really are super interested in investing everything you possibly can into your health so i can't encourage you anymore that's the best thing you can do is take control over it and then just take things that happen happenstance as they come have a great night everybody you're welcome bye